0: Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a teaching tutorial Thursday presented, of course, by DraftKings. Love those dudes and love all of you that quote tweet any of the tweets from at Ross Tucker Pod with any comment you want to make about even money or Fantasy Feast or College Draft or Greg Cosell or the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. We notice, and you're going to be the one that wins one of these awesome signed press passes or a football card or picture, if you prefer. Just quote tweet at Ross Tucker Pod. Great chance to get retweeted as well. Sponsor confirmation email winner. We've got so many awesome sponsors for you to take advantage of now. The Game Time app, I'm like obsessed with that thing. I'm looking at local concerts and sporting events and just seeing how cheap you can get in. It's awesome. Symbol is uh, one of those ideas I really wish I'd come up with. Sling is awesome. Uncommon Goods. So we got a lot of cool sponsors. You can take advantage of their code. And then forward that email to me, ross at com. And whatever question you ask, number one, you'll go right to the top of the question list. Number two, you have an outstanding, outstanding chance to be the sponsor confirmation email winner this week. Which is cool because then you get to pick one of those things. Speaking of cool, love the YouTube shout outs. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL you literally just type that in YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL you hit the thumbs up button you're not paying for anything comment on any video they all come to my email I see them all through my email any comment you make on a YouTube video and then you'll get an awesome video just for whoever you want it 30 seconds minute doesn't matter it's just me saying whatever you want me to say to whomever Speaking of shout-outs, by the way, how about Doug D'Olympio? He is today's patron of the day. Patreon.com slash RT Media is how you become a Tuckhead member and get access to our private Slack channel for Tuckheads only. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. A lot of people say it's their favorite day of the week. I don't blame them. It's Greg Cosell time. We go inside the film room, which is always fun with Greg. At Greg Cosell on social media. He is the executive producer and on-air talent for the NFL matchup show. One of the best things they ever did, by the way, is putting Greg actually on the air. Although he's the executive producer. I don't know why he didn't do that earlier. Greg, you're a nicer guy than I am, man. If I was the executive producer... I would have been on the show from day
2: one. Well, that wasn't my – I didn't control that decision, uh, Ross. I just I, – I do what I'm told, you know.
0: <laughs> yes.
2: Yes, I do. I think
0: we all do. All right. Interesting game tonight, Greg. These are two teams low in my power rankings. Yep. It's the Bears and the Commanders. And I think a lot of people are curious as to your thoughts on the quarterbacks. You know, Fields every once in a while has a really nice play, but there's a lot of bad. Carson Wentz has 10 touchdown passes, but there's always some bad sprinkled in. What, What do you see from these guys?
2: Well, I thought Fields this week, and I watched him pretty carefully, I thought this week there were a couple of plays that you kind of said to yourself, okay, maybe there's some incremental progress being made. They've obviously told you as a team and coaching staff that they don't want him throwing the ball an awful lot, which in and of itself tells you much about where they see Justin Fields at this point in his development. Um, Fields is really at this moment still lacking any refined sense of anticipation, Ross. He's a see it, throw it quarterback. And by that, I mean he needs the throw to be clearly defined. Uh, And he needs to see the throw. And in the NFL, that limits the throws you can make because you have to be able to throw the ball with some sense of timing because of the defense. (laughs) Otherwise, the defense can attack the throws. Um, But there were a couple. There were a couple where I said, okay, that's what you want to see. Now, again, I don't know if that means that there's incremental progress that will continue or if it just happened to play out in that game. But the way I'd I'd say this overall is this. It's a tough situation for the Bears passing game right now. It's an O-line that is young and a work in progress. They've got a second-year right tackle. They've got a rookie left tackle and a rookie right guard. And they've got a second-year quarterback who at this point does not possess, possess any kind of nuance or refinement to play the position efficiently from the pocket. So it's a tough mix right now, and you just have to work through it. And you hope each week it gets incrementally better. Where would you say your level of hope is,
0: Greg, or belief that Justin Fields becomes a quality NFL starter?
2: Um, I would say I have significant concerns. That would probably be the best I'd want to answer right now because you know me well enough to know that I don't throw out words like he stinks or he's a bust. You know, he hasn't even started 16 games in his – in his. Uh, Uh, NFL career so I think that we have to be a little careful and there's a new coaching staff which means there's brand new terminology new ways of learning all that really is difficult for a young quarterback so I I don't want to sit here and say that he can't play in this league but I think there are significant concerns up to this moment in time
0: I think that's fair I think that's really fair what I always wonder and and it's funny because you know the way it is, Greg. Like tonight will be a total referendum on whether he's good or not and whether of course, because it's yeah. a national T
2: V game. Of course. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um what I think about when I see someone like him is I think who are the guys like him that ended up being good quarterbacks? Right. Meaning almost midway through year two looking like this. And look, I think they have I mean, camping into the year, Greg, I thought they had arguably the worst O-line and the worst receiving core in the whole NFL. I mean, think about that. Yeah. The worst of those two position groups in the whole league? I mean, he's not exactly set up for success. Um no, that, But I'm that, trying to do what you do, which is separate the quarterback play from the people
2: around him. Right. And and uh, you, you do that to some extent. But one thing I learned very early on from people smarter than I am is that you have to isolate the quarterback from that. I mean, obviously that might factor into production, but production is not the same as watching a quarterback's traits and the process with which he plays the position. Those can be two different things.
0: Let's talk Carson Wentz. Obviously, a lot of conversation this week about Ron Rivera's answer to the question of why Washington is behind New York and Dallas and Philadelphia. You know, at this point, Greg, is it just fair to say he kind of is what he is? He makes some really good plays and he makes
2: a couple of head scratchers and that's just kind of what he's going to be? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the head scratchers are not as as plentiful as people think, but I think what has hurt Wentz as his career has progressed is he is not a, a natural anticipatory thrower. Uh, he does not have a nuanced and refined sense of timing. And so what happens is that too often results in him not turning it loose on throws that are there or being a beat late on throws that are there that he does throw. Um, And that's probably not going to change at this point. You know, he does have a tendency not to see it as quickly as you like, that results in him holding the ball too often at times. And I think you're right. I think ultimately this is what he is, but he also at times can make really special throws. I don't think he's the mover he was earlier in his career. I think his body's probably a little worn down, Um, but he can make absolutely special throws. He made a throw this week. Everybody saw the two long touchdowns, very, very good throws, but he made a throw on the first play of the third quarter to, to Terry McLaurin for 34 yards. That was one of those big time throws that Wentz still makes. So he's capable of doing that, but there's limitations now to the way in which he plays. And I think ultimately that prevents him from going beyond what he is now.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, how that unfolds. He's way better than he was in 2020. I know that. Oh, without year.
2: question. And he, and he was last year too, by the way. It's just the end of the season with that horrible performance against Jacksonville, and that's all anybody remembered. I do want to talk about the
0: two rookie quarterbacks that got their first starts on Sunday. What a world, Greg. If you would have told me last year that you and I would be talking about Bailey Zappi starting a game for the New England Patriots. Last year at this time, he was playing up at Army for Western Kentucky. The year before that, he was playing for Houston Baptist. Now he starts for the Patriots. What did you see? The Patriots obviously take on Cleveland. But I'm most interested in what you saw from Bailey Zappi and the Patriots' offense.
2: And I think – that zappy is what people thought he was coming out. He knows where to go with the ball within the timing and structure of the route concepts and combinations. He's decisive with his reads and throws. He he always knows where his receivers are relative to the defensive coverage. Um, his delivery is quick. It's compact. There's no wasted motion. Um, the issue with Zappi is his lack of NFL arm strength. That's, that is a meaningful limitation. Now, everybody talks differently about what arm strength means, and there are a lot of people who say arm strength is overrated. Arm strength is overrated until you need to make an arm strength throw. Then it's not overrated. Um, what I will say about Zappi is this. In this particular game against the Lions defense and the way the game played out, he did not really have to make any contested throws at all. And that's the kind of thing you would need to see because he's not a big guy. Um, and you, you did not see him under duress at all. He did not have to operate in muddied pockets. That's the next test. Now, obviously, he's not going to be the Patriots starter. So who knows what happens? I'm sure he will go this week, based on what I know about Mac Jones's injury. And we'll see how... Not only he, but how the Patriots handle the fact that they're going to play Miles Garrett and, and you know Clowney and some better pass rushers than the Lions brought to the table a week ago. So we'll see how he handles that and how the game plays out. Uh but there was no question in this given game against Detroit, he was really never under duress, so you did not see him have to deal in those in that kind of environment. He looks like uh he
0: looks like a solid career backup to me. Like a guy that can come in the game and not lose the game for you and be a caretaker. Like, I don't envision him being a starter.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't. be want him to be a starter. You know, I think when I watched him in college at Western Kentucky and then just seeing him this week, um, you know, the name that probably comes to my mind would be a Case Keenum type player. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that he moves as well as Case does. But- no, I don't think he does. But, I mean, just in terms of what – he he could be in the NFL.
0: Yep, I, I agree. All right, let's get to Kenny Pickett. Obviously, the Steelers are in a bad way right now, uh, yeah. wor- way worse than I can ever remember. Pickett got his first start. What did you see from the first-round pick out of Pitt?
2: And it was a really difficult situation for him, given the way the game played out. Uh, I thought overall you saw a lot of the traits that Pickett showed in college in his last year at Pitt. Um, you know, I think that he's comfortable, you know, and, 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 again, this is not an X and O point, but I think he's a comfortable looking player. I don't think it's too fast for him. I think he knows where to go with the football. I think he plays with good fundamental technique and mechanics. He throws with good base, good balance. Um, He's not a strong-armed gun thrower by any means, but the ball comes out clean. So, you know, I thought given the way the game – What does that mean? What does that mean? It it just comes out Explain that to the listeners. The ball comes out clean. It doesn't come out with juice because he's not powerful, but it comes out with – like I guess you hear the phrase a lot, he spins it. Um, he doesn't spin it with velocity, but he spins it so it's it's, it's a, a nice, looking, tight throw. It's a tight-looking throw, yes. Um, even it. though he's not throwing, you know, he doesn't have a Josh Allen arm or a Matthew Stafford arm, that kind of arm. But the ball is tight. You know, it's not a wobbly ball. Um, Although Peyton Manning threw wobblers all the time somehow. Yeah, he was pretty like, good. That's true. I, I never
0: understood that.
2: Yeah, and, and also he moved his feet around a lot in the pocket, which people said you shouldn't do, but he managed to do okay with all that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, um, but I thought Pickett played well as the game got away from the Steelers overall, I, I I thought he stayed poised, composed. He didn't make those throws where you went, oh my God, what's he doing? Um, I just got a sense that he looked like he belonged. And I think, like I said, the game was not a true X and O game for him because they were down and, you know, you got into the second half and and the game was basically out of reach. You know, he's also on a team that has almost no run game. So it's, it's a little bit of an issue for how they want to play because they don't really have a meaningful run game at this point in time. You
0: know, you said earlier that you're not the type of person that would say someone stinks or is a bust, and neither am I. What I will say is I have some significant concerns about Najee Harris, and I still have them. It, he, like, dances. It's like, dude, you're two hundred and thirty-five pounds. Your O line's not great. You gotta go. Like you gotta go, bro. I it's almost like Greg, he was so used to the holes being so big at Alabama, yeah, and just like hitting them that he doesn't realize yeah. like there aren't gonna be holes like that. You gotta no. just hit you gotta hit any soft spot and hope you get three or four yards.
2: Yeah, and he's he's really, if Najee Harris, to me, would be at his best, he'd be a sustaining grinder type of runner. He does not have the ability to re-accelerate in confined space. So he's not a burst acceleration runner. He'd have to be a sustaining grinder. And your point is absolutely right. Those kinds of backs have to hit it. And they have to make a three-yard run, a five-yard run. and And that's what those kinds of backs are. He's not going to be a breakaway back. He's not going to give you... 15 18 20 yard runs which again I don't want people listening to say oh yeah well he had a few of those last year of course every back has has a few of those Ross we know that you know some more than others but I think at his core that's not what he would be in the NFL so you're right he has to be a back that is decisive and hits it and gets those two three extra yards on runs that are blocked for three he's got to get six that's the kind of back he needs to be so I want to make sure
0: we get to the two biggest games uh of the weekend for sure. It's the Bills and the Chiefs. It's a 4:25, yeah, Sunday afternoon game in the late window should be epic. Strong case could be made it's the two best teams in the NFL. What's going to what are you going to be looking
2: at the most in that one? Bills Chiefs well, Greg. You know, I think I think last year's AFC Divisional Playoff game tells you something about how the defenses will approach. You know, obviously some personnel is different, but the coaching staff is the same, uh, basically on both sides. So um, we know that Tyreek Hill might change the dynamic a little bit for how you play, but also keep in mind that the Bills will be playing with young, inexperienced players, including rookies in the secondary. So last year, when you look back at that game, the Bills' foundational coverage was split safety. Um, they played both zone concepts with cover two and they played some two man. And you can play two man with even with rookie corners or inexperienced corners because you always have help over the top and you feel comfortable with that. Um, so I think they probably be very similar because I don't think they want to expose their corners. Plus, you always have them a homes factor with movement. So. Uh, you know, that's something he seems almost to be doing more and more of with each increasing year in the league. And he's very, very good at it. Um, On the other hand, you know, Josh Allen continues to further develop as a, as a a pocket thrower who can make truly special throws. Um, So the chiefs spags is starting to play a little more split safety because I think the league is playing more of that. Um, But It was not a high-percentage blitz game for Spags last year against the Bills, and we know that he likes to do that, but he did not do that in that AFC Divisional Playoff game very much. They played a lot more coverage. It was a good mix of cover one, split safety. Spags is really good at disguise and late movement to cover two. So I think you'll see all those kinds of things. Um, But at the end of the day, this is a game about the quarterbacks. And they're they're two teams that are built almost exclusively on high, high high-level quarterback play on a weekly basis. The Bills may be the most quarterback-centric team in the league. I know some might say the Ravens, but the Ravens don't ask uh, Jackson to throw the ball anywhere near the amount that the Bills ask Josh Allen to throw the ball. And then what
0: about, Greg, Cowboys – Eagles Sunday Night football it looks like it'll be Cooper Rush
2: yeah starting again for the Cowboys well you know I think the Cowboys are playing so that rush does not have to be a big factor in the games and they've been able to get by with that for one basic reason their defense is playing at a really high level and this will be a true test for the Eagles whose offense for the most part has been playing at a high level as well but the Cowboys are incredibly multiple with their front looks. And I'm including linebackers in this mix now. Um, Incredibly multiple. They stunt far and away more than any team in the league. And and it's multiple stunt concepts. It's not just TE tackle first and loop. It's all different kinds of stunt concepts. They line up in multiple front alignments. They have amoeba looks, Ross, and by that it means they have players standing up on their defensive front, not their hand in the ground. And those players move around, so you don't know exactly where they're going to hit what what gap they might hit or which offensive lineman they might attack. Um, they slant a lot. They do a lot of things up front that are mentally challenging for offensive linemen. And the Eagles arguably have the best O-line in the league, certainly top three. They're a really good group. They're a smart group. But it's still a challenge, as you know, being a former O-lineman, when there's so much movement and you just don't know where people are and then where they're going to go. You know, um I'm not going to, I won't get into like the
0: Lawrence Taylor stuff or anything like that. What I will say, Greg, and you've been watching this a long time, I think Micah Parsons is the best mover of any edge rusher. Maybe I've ever seen when you look at his change of direction, when he makes like an inside move or spin, and then his acceleration and speed. It's crazy. Now, I don't think he's as powerful as other guys. I don't think he's as good with his hands as like a, a Bosa or a Watt. Like, you I don't agree with he, that. He yep. could get better, but I'm saying I can't recall a guy that, that rushes off the edge a lot that is that good of a mover when he puts one foot in the ground and goes the other way. How quickly that happened and then how the quarterbacks are consistently surprised how fast he's there. There's, there's something there where they're not used to a guy. Okay. He beat this guy, but then he's on them like that. And they're not, they don't look like they're expecting it.
2: Yeah. And you know, and keep in mind as good as he is. And it was a year ago after he played DN for two games that I said, he's the best edge pass rusher in the league. Uh, But You have Lawrence playing at a high level. You have Armstrong, 92, who's really playing at a high level. Don't forget Dante Fowler is there. He's looked good on tape. He was a number three pick in a draft about seven years ago. So, you know, you're dealing with a lot of good players and there's names I'm I'm leaving off here. And then, then even guys on the back end, the safety number six, Donovan Wilson, he shows up on tape every week. Um, Brown, the corner, who's had a very up and down career in Dallas, and at times people thought he should be cut, has played well through five games. So this is a defense playing at a pretty high level. And Dan Quinn has mixed in a lot more disguise and late movement with cover two. He's playing a little less cover one than he played a year ago. Still a good percentage, but he's mixing in other things. So this is going to be a challenge for the Eagles. And by the way, the Eagles offense presents their own set of challenges to any defense as well. But I think this side of the ball to me is fascinating. He's at Greg Cosell on social media. He's the man. Thank
0: you, Greg. Thanks, Ross. Appreciate it. And I appreciate the game time app. Are you kidding me right now? I can get a ticket to see Ed Sheeran, Lincoln Financial Field, June 3rd, $66. I might get that right now. June 3rd, i love me some Ed Sheeran. Or even I could go to the Phillies Braves tomorrow for $215. Eagles Cowboys, we were just talking about that, $250 Sunday night. How about tonight? I could take my family to Devils Flyers for $34. Are you kidding me? And actually be less than that because I already download the GameTime app, create an account, and I can redeem the code Ross like you can for $20 off your first purchase. Again, that's Ross for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Download GameTime. It's last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed, And it's amazing. Type in where you're from and see what you can get and use the code ROSS for $20 off your first purchase. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates
1: may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Duck stakes. Hey, Ross. Good morning. Let's start with Devonte Adams and uh, his little incident walking off the field after Monday night football. He's charged with a misdemeanor assault uh, for assaulting that uh, Kansas City cameraman.
0: Yeah, I could say a lot about this and I could go deep into my feelings on what I perceive to be an overly litigious society that we live in because I think that's what this is. This is just setting setting the stage for a lawsuit. What I will tell you, and I can't remember if I said this yesterday or not, but I'll say it now. I watched a different angle of the video behind Devante. Very important to note. Number one, What he did is unacceptable. Unacceptable. He should be punished by the NFL for it. Number two, I spent a lot of time on the sidelines doing games for Westwood 1. You don't walk in front of the tunnel like that when a player is walking off the field. Usually because, number three, the security doesn't let you. There's ropes so that the players can cleanly get into the locker room. So, Devontae screwed up. But so did that camera guy. If you look at the a- angle from behind Devontae Am- the guy walked right in front of Devontae Am- as he's walking off the field. Like, what, what are you doing? And then number three, the security. How do you let that guy do that? So, uh, to me, there's plenty of blame to go around. It starts with
1: Devontae. Skylar Thompson's can get his first start for the Miami Dolphins, and Cooper Rush gets the nod again for the Cowboys this week.
0: Not a surprise. Um, You know, I just think it's kind of, you know, the Cowboys acted like at some point Dak Prescott would come back within less than four weeks. They didn't put him on IR. And I don't know how Teddy Bridgewater, he didn't have a concussion. I'm I'm thoroughly confused. He did not have a concussion based on anything. So why is he not going to be able to pass the concussion protocol? You know, I feel like if he was playing for some other team right now, he'd probably be playing in this game. Ducks takes. Uh,
1: according to Adam Schefter, he says that he's got a league source that says that there's no backing down from player safety for quarterbacks.
0: already told you guys this. Talked about this yesterday. They don't want backup quarterbacks starting. They want starting quarterbacks as much as possible. They are going to overly protect the quarterbacks. It's unfortunate because it could impact games. It's understandable given that this is a business and the financial commitment that these teams make to starting quarterbacks. They want those guys playing.
1: Tuck takes notable transactions since yesterday. Saints signing running back Jordan Howard and the Seahawks are bringing back linebacker Bruce Irvin. That's his third stint up in the Pacific. It's America. unreal,
0: right? Yeah. James Collins, like fourth or fifth stint with the Patriots. Now you got Bruce Irvin for his third time with the Seahawks. Jordan Howard showed last year he could still play. I'm a little surprised it took this long for Jordan Howard to actually get an opportunity. And before you get into the game, Tonight, Bri, I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm not buying stock in either one of these teams. You guys know I love Symbol. They're revolutionizing the world of sports betting and fan engagement. You can literally make sports fandom profitable. I'm not buying any stock in the Commanders. They're still a train wreck. Ron Rivera is going to get fired at some point. Or the Bears. Now, the Bears might be pretty low. I'd have to see their valuation at Symbol. And I do kind of like what I've seen from the GM polls and the head coach Eberflus. After what Greg said, I'm not really feeling Justin Fields, which is a major concern. I just think the Symbol app is amazing. You can download the Symbol app now by searching S-I-M-B-U-L-L in the App Store. Use promo code Ross, you get it. Listen to me, guys. A free team stock valued up to $150 upon signing up. Free. That's code Ross to claim your free stock on the Symbol mobile app. Download the app, check it out. It's a great app, very cool, and use the free 150 bucks. And then send me that screenshot with a question. Like, why would you not use the free team stock valued up to $150? Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
1: Steaks. All right, it's Thursday, which means we've got a game tonight. Bears hosting the Commanders. What you got? Whew.
0: Honestly, who knows, man? I mean, who, who knows? I, I don't know how the Commanders react to the Ron Rivera stuff this week. I think I'm going to go. I think I'm going to go Commanders because I think Wentz is better than Fields. But I don't feel real good about it. I think I'm going Commanders, mainly because they are the slight, slight underdog. And so I like kind of being able to, to let the doggies out with you, Bri. So right now, let me check. Commanders. Oh, now the Commanders are the favorites. Wow, that flipped. Steve kind of predicted that on Even Money Podcast. Still going with the Commanders. I just have more faith in Wentz than Fields, but I don't have a whole lot of faith in either. 20 to 17 Commanders. Shout-outs are in order to scheduler.com, Vision Comics with an X, Evergreen Economics, go-bangles.com, steakhouse-sports.com, humanheadnyc.com, Sportaculture, delicious pizza boy brewing, and the best gift, I've ever seen someone give their mom or their significant other or their dad because it means so much to see in print in a newspaper like it's on the cover framed how much you care about them. Myfrontpagestory.com. I have all my picks tomorrow and a to recap of tonight's game. And we're going to do the Fantasy Feast podcast today. We weren't able to do it yesterday. I think we're done here.